Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Seven-year-old Athena Strand was looking forward to a birthday party and birthday presents. But it didn't turn out the way her family planned. A FedEx driver, 31-year-old Tanner Horner, now formally indicted for kidnapping seven-year-old Athena while delivering a birthday present to the home. He is now also charged with capital murder and is facing the death penalty. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. A Texas FedEx driver now charged in the kidnapping and strangling death of a beautiful seven-year-old little girl. He allegedly kidnapped from her Dallas home. He's been formally indicted with murder. And in Texas, that means the state can announce the death penalty will be sought. Now, he has his own story, which I'm sure is a big lie. Because Once you hear it, I think you'll agree with me. Tanner Horner, 31 years old, tells investigators he accidentally hit Athena Strand with his truck that he panicked, grabbed her, and put her in his FedEx car. Fearing what would happen if he told her mom and dad He strangled her in the truck and dumped her body seven miles from home off some country road. She was found December 2. Now, at that time, she was at the home of her dad and stepmom. And I believe the stepmom fully was convinced she was just outdoors playing. Little did she know the FedEx delivery guy had abducted beautiful little Athena. And in another headline, Athena Strand's father is now suing FedEx and the delivery driver. He says strangled his daughter dead, claiming the company was negligent in employing him and failing to supervise him. Jacob Strand, Athena's dad, seeking over a million dollars in damages from FedEx. He also names Horner and the contractor that hired him in his new Lawsuit. Now, Athena Strand's bio mom has also launched a private investigation into the circumstances surrounding Horner, Tanner Horner, the FedEx driver's hiring. Horner now held on capital charges of murder and aggravated kidnapping in Wise County, Texas. But how did the whole thing start? Take a listen to our friends at CBS DFW. Search crews have been out here all day long trying to figure out where exactly she is. It's a very wooded terrain. And just a few moments ago, I actually saw another group of volunteers with flashlights as they try to go out trying to find Athena. Now, take a look at your screens. This is what seven-year-old Athena Strand looks like. She was last known with her dad and stepmom at her house on County Road 3573 near Cottondale. Here's what happened, according to the sheriff's office. Athena's stepmother called the sheriff's department just after 6.30 last night, saying Athena was missing after searching for about an hour. The two had an argument, and then Athena's dad wasn't home at the time. Right now, officials think Athena walked out on her own. You're hearing it just as everyone heard it at that time. She looks like a little angel. How do you have a fight with your stepmother 
and then suddenly just disappear from the family home. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. Alexis Tereszczuk joining us, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Alexis, first of all, this takes place in Paradise, Texas. And from what I understand, that's about 40 miles northwest of Fort Worth. What can you tell me about Paradise, Texas? Well, it is in Wise County, and you're exactly right. It is northwest of Fort Worth and Dallas, Arlington. It's considered part of the Fort Worth-Dallas metropolitan area. It is a small area. It's just a county that's only about 70,000 people. Just a, Even though it's near these really big cities, it's a much smaller community. 70,000 people, straight out to Robert Crispin joining us, private investigator, also former federal task force officer for U.S. Department of Justice, DEA, Miami Field Division, no lack of business in Miami, former homicide, crimes against children investigator, now at Crispin Special Investigations, and you can find them at crispininvestigations.com. Robert, 70,000 people in the big scheme of crime that's still considered a small town. Now, listen, I grew up on a red dirt road, literally, much, much smaller population. But when you're talking about suspects, you can take out, I mean, statistically, women, you can take out everybody younger than, let's just say, 10. You can take out everybody statistically older, 70 or older, and then what you've got left out of 70,000. In the big scheme, Crispin, that is a small suspect pool, especially when you're looking at an area that's over an hour drive in traffic from a big city. You'd think you're in a safe community, right? You would. But what that 70,000 does is it it really gives you the opportunity to narrow things down versus being in a population of several million in a city. So it really helps the investigators narrow down, especially in the area where this happened, being, I believe it was somewhat rural. You're going to have, you're going to have witnesses and you're going to have stuff that's going to point you pretty much directly to your suspect pretty quick versus something happening in downtown Miami. Well, I mean, talk about pointing to a suspect to Wendy Patrick, uh, California prosecutor, author of Red Flags and a new book, Why Bad Looks Good, Biblical Wisdom to Make Smart Choices in Life, Love and Friendship. She's at WendyPatrickPhD.com, and you can hear her on today with Dr. Wendy KCBQ. Wendy, when a child goes missing and stepmommy is the only one at home with the child, the first place you look is stepmommy. You separate her from everybody else, and you hone in on the questions. Because uh, as minutes go by, when a child is missing, every second counts. Children that are abducted are usually killed within three hours if it's a stranger abduction. So the first thing you do is you get stepmommy and put her on the hot seat. Exactly right. You start at the very core of where the child went missing, and then you work outwards. So you're right. It would start with the stepmom. It would begin to expand to the next-door neighbor, and it would very slowly and methodically go from there because you're right. It is within the first three hours. So that would be exactly where you would start. But And you'd want to get that testimony while it's fresh. You'd want to get that interview so you'd be able to then move confidently to see who else could have been in the area. And with a small town, 
you'd be think it's more likely somebody saw something. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I'm curious, Alexis Tereshuk, you, you've given me the gist of the area, but I need to know, do they live in an apartment complex? Was it a single family dwelling? Was there a gate around it? Because I remember the case of Isabella Solis. Um, and, and you and I covered that together. Isabella was taken out of her home by a stranger to her. Uh, he tangentially knew the family, but I kept looking at the entrances and exits to her home and they had a huge wall, remember, that attached to the side of the house in the front on the sides and went all the way to the back and joined. I mean, you'd have to jump over the wall and she was much too small to do that. So any intruder, I mean, how do you get into the home? So I need to know about the timeline, what happened that day just before she disappears. What time did she disappear? And what, if anything, do we know about the structure, Alexis Terezchuk? So she came home from school about 4.15. And so if you think of 4.15, but it's getting dark at 4.15 now. It's getting, it's just before sunset, really, which is, you know, right around 5. So she goes in her house. She finds out, this is what, you know, her mom has said. That mom. She goes in the house. She finds out her dad is not there. He had left to go on a hunting trip. And apparently she was she was a little upset about this. I mean, she probably just likes dad and wants to spend some time with him. So she, then there was apparently an argument with her stepmom about this. And stepmom didn't see her for a little while. So 415. Okay, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Right there. What do you mean stepmom didn't see her for a little while? What does that mean? Well, the stepmom has said that there was they had an argument. She didn't say what kind of argument it was, but that then she didn't see the little girl. So I guess she thought she went into her room in her house. Maybe she sent her to her room. But I, they, she just said she didn't see her for a little while. So then she made dinner, and she went to get Athena for dinner. And she went to her room, couldn't find her, looked around the house. And couldn't find her. And that's when she started to get panicked. We also know, Alexis Tereshek, this is a single family home. And it's about 200 yards away from the street. 200 yards. That's two football fields away from the street. So what person is going to come all the way up the driveway and drive back in there, get to the home, get the girl, and leave without being noticed. Um, another thing, I'm going to go to Scott A. Johnson, forensic psychologist joining us out of Minnesota, 32 years in the business. You can find him at ForensicConsultation.org, author of multiple books. Scott Johnson, thanks for being with us. Isn't it true that a known, a tried and true parental technique is when your child throws a fit or is angry at you, you let them cool off, right? Let them go to their room. Let them color, do their homework, you know, until they get get hungry and come ask you for something. But long story short, a cooling off period. We even um, suggest that to parents. In fact, that's in the written letter of the law when you are discussing a crime of passion. If the perp has a cooling off period, and returns and commits a murder, 
it's not in the heat of passion because there has been a, quote, cooling off period. In other words, for the passion to subside, you're not angry anymore. So it's recognized in the black and white letter of the law. So certainly it would apply in this case. The stepmom let the little girl go to her room. Correct. She did the right thing. So let the child calm down and be heard and just let it dissipate. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Okay, to you, Alexa Terrestrial, do we have any idea how long the stepmom and the daughter were separated before stepmom becomes concerned? It was only about an hour. So as I said, she got home about 4.15. About 5.30, the stepmom realized that that's when she went to look for her. And so she looked and looked. It took her... um, She... She was looking for her for an hour. I, I don't want to say that she waited an hour because she didn't. She was looking for her. And as you can see, you know, from some of the photos and the video from the scene, it's uh, the property is wide. She probably could have walked all the way down to the mailbox. She was looking around for her, looked in the house, maybe behind the house, if there was a play area. But she was looking for her for an hour, and that's when she called police. And again, with that, I don't find that unusual, Wendy Patrick, because um, I've told you this story before when John David went missing in a Babies or a Superstore. I grabbed Lucy like a football and started running to the front door, which was all glass, because I immediately feared that someone had taken him out, and that was the obvious exit. Screaming. I, my, my son is missing. Help me. And, you know, I was looking all around the store before I even can dawn on me to call 911. Um, so I find that perfectly normal. Yeah, I remember that story, Nancy. And, and, you know, it is normal. And it's especially normal if it's a large property. I mean, if you've got a long way to look, if there are a number of places she could have walked to, even on the property, you know, even if it's dark, and especially perhaps if it's dark, should probably look a little more closely. It's not unusual. And, you know, Alexis did a great job of, of specifying. It's not a delay where she sat and just wondered what she should do. She was actively looking. Can you even imagine going upstairs to get your stepdaughter for dinner and she's gone. I mean, just that thought. I know, Nancy, you know what that feels like. Your heart just just races. And so this mom probably didn't even have a concept of time as she looked through her property, unfortunately, unsuccessfully to find this little girl. She immediately calls 911 following a search for the little girl. Take a listen to Nick Starling, CBS. When I asked Sheriff Lane Atkin if someone could have possibly taken her, he told me all options are on the table at this point and they will leave no stone unturned. Now, several dozen search crews have been out all day in the air and on foot trying to find this little girl. Usually you find the child close to the house, under the house, in the attic, in the, in the laundry, under the bed. 
Usually that's what happened, but it didn't happen this time. So then the next thing is you, you look around the house and then you've got to expand that as time goes on. You know, that sinking feeling, that feeling like, OK, they're here. They got to be here. You look under the bed, you look in the closet, you look behind the shower curtain. Then you go out in the yard, you look in the car and that feeling that sinks in when you've run out of places to look. Let's hear what Sheriff Lane Aiken has to say. And that search, for the most part, was that area of the house, inside the house, under the house, and then the, the immediate area in that six-acre track where they live. But they weren't able to, uh, to locate the child. Later on in the night, we had THP who came to help, and multiple local PDs joined in and helped us in, in the investigation and, and the search. And in the nighttime, we had a DPS 101 helicopter, DPS 101 and Fort Worth PD's Air One that were there. And they had thermal imaging helping to locate heat signatures on the ground. But they didn't find anything other than, than wildlife, rabbits, hogs, and some deer. Uh, no indication that there was any human activity. They're doing everything right at that point after thermal imaging helicopters and bringing in the Texas Highway Patrol to help, they take another step to find this little girl. Take a listen to the sheriff. Local law enforcement as well as um, Rescue One, Search and Rescue One, had their canine teams. And those canine teams worked throughout the night in the darkness until the early morning hours trying to pick up a track, a trail. They, they picked up a short trail that just kind of circled around the house and then headed back over toward 21-23. Uh, two different dog teams ran that track out, but still, uh, we didn't uh, find Athena. Okay, Robert Crispin, they're doing everything right. Did you hear what the sheriff said about the dogs? They bring in the dogs, they go round and around and around the house, and then that's it. That would suggest... She didn't leave the house. Correct. They would have picked up on that scent and they would have they went somewhere with that scent with those dogs. Those dogs are fantastic, which immediately is going to make them jump to that child was removed off that property. Hence, taking this case farther. Or that the child is somewhere on that property since the dogs aren't indicating she left. Another thing, could you explain what the thermal helicopters do? So the thermal imaging is, in other terms, called FLIR, forward-looking infrared. And what it does is it it projects down onto the ground or in the air wherever to pick up heat from a body um heat from someone you see it now on fox news all the time when you see a lot of the illegals coming across the border it's nighttime and you see a bunch of white images walking through a very dark wooded area mm -hmm. so the thermal is going to pick up on the body heat and it's going to it's going to tell you if there's a child lost uh, they use it a lot for children that are lost in the wilderness or people that are lost in the wilderness. In this case, they're looking for maybe the child wandered into the woods and got lost or is bedded down somewhere. And that thermal imaging or that FLIR is going to pick right up on it and it's going to hone in where that kid is. It's very amazing technology. And what about the fact that there is a six-acre track for them to search? Six acres of wooded uh, land. It's going to be very difficult. Well, the helicopter is great because it can cover such a large area and that FLIR, they can dial it in to 
within a few feet, or they can go out a little bit wider and start to do a grid pattern and fly back and forth, which is why you see helicopters flying in circles or up and down or back and forth. They're doing a grid search and they're, they're projecting that flur onto the ground. And they're going to pick up things such as a deer. They're going to pick up a rabbit. They're going to pick up a duck. They're going to pick up anything that is emitting heat and it's going to lock onto that child. And it didn't. And of course, to uh, special guests joining us, uh, forensic psychologist Scott A. Johnson out of Minnesota. Why is it that children, when they are, you know, faced with an argument with their parents, they may go hide? Why do they hide? Well, they're sorting it out in their head. You know, uh, why is mommy or daddy angry at me? Or maybe they're angry at mom or dad for being angry at them. And I think it's just hiding makes things better at the time. I guess it's just a human nature. The next thing cops are doing now, the sheriff tries to piece together a timeline. Remember, at this juncture, if stepmommy is not involved and daddy's not involved, that means this is a stranger abduction. And stranger abductions, overwhelmingly, the child is killed within three hours. So what's the timeline Listen to Sheriff Lane Aiken. At about 4.15, a seven-year-old Athena Strand stepped off her school bus, arriving home like she does almost every day at County Road 3573 in, uh, in Paradise. At about 6.40 p.m. that same day, Wise County Sheriff's Office dispatch received a 911 call from Athena's stepmom reporting that Athena was missing. Within about 14 minutes, we had deputies, EMS, volunteer fire departments there, and there was a search that commenced just right away. You know, uh, as far as I can see, Alexis Terezchuk, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, they wasted no time. As soon as they got the call from the mom, they did their own all-out search. They brought in thermal imaging, as you heard Robert Crispin describing Fleur. They brought in dogs. They're doing everything, and they're doing it quickly. They also, very important, nail down the timeline. They're doing everything right so far. And they even had people on horses searching they, because it's, you know, it's not an urban area. So they're searching all around thinking maybe she got lost. But if somebody took her, maybe they're still close enough that they could find them and get her back safely from them. They d- absolutely took this very seriously. They did not think that she had run away at all. They were very worried about her. The minutes tick by in the search. And then there is a break. Take a listen to Sheriff Lane Aiken. And we want to send our condolences out to the family of Athena Strand. Her body was recovered about two hours ago, maybe three, six miles that direction. It hurts our hearts to know that that child died, so much so that, that she is on her way now to the medical examiner's office. And there's a Texas Ranger in front of her, and there's a Texas Ranger behind her. This community does not like losing our children. And, and we can see it because of all the people who came out and helped us throughout this ordeal. The stepmother is doing everything she can to find Athena. The bio dad is gone. Of course, he turns around and comes back. But he's gone at the time of the disappearance. There's no indication of a forced entry. There were no visitors in the home, no relatives, no next-door neighbors came over. Take a listen now 
to our friends at WFAA. Sheriff Lane Aiken of Wise County told us that law enforcement got a tip Friday regarding Little Athena that they knew a FedEx driver had been in the area of Athena's house in rural paradise around the time she went missing. But the tip and investigative work leading them to 31-year-old Tanner Lynn Horner, the driver of that FedEx truck, who was delivering a package to Athena's home. He was taken into custody on Friday and gave a confession to investigators per the sheriff, telling them where he dumped a Athena's body. It was found roughly six miles southeast of Boyd. Investigators believe she died within an hour of being abducted. Again, in the last days, the dad of seven-year-old Athena Strand is suing FedEx and the delivery driver who strangled his daughter dead, according to him, claiming the company was negligent in employing him and failing to supervise him. Authorities were led to her body by a tip. A tip about a FedEx delivery person. It's every parent's worst nightmare. I was recently writing another book, and it's called Don't Be a Victim. And when I was researching Don't Be a Victim, I did a whole segment, a whole chapter on how to stay safe at your home. And I wrote on and on about what to do if a delivery man or a repairman comes to your home that you don't know. I don't mean Cousin Eddie that can fix your fridge. I mean anybody that comes to your home, whether it's the pizza guy, um, the painter that's going to paint the back of your house, the delivery guy, the electrician, how to take steps to protect yourself. And you know, when I wrote the book, I was thinking about mostly women living alone um, or with their roommates gone that find themselves alone and faced with the prospect of letting an unknown male into the home or female. And I keep thinking about the stepmom, probably in the kitchen, Fixing supper, thinking Athena was back in her room, cooling off from their argument about dad taking a hunting trip. And somehow, according to what we know now, Athena was no longer in her room. She had been kidnapped and killed. I'm just imagining stepmom, you know, making the pasta or whatever she was making and setting the table, and when she goes to get Athena for supper, she's gone. Take a listen now to our friends at KXAS, our Cut 7. The body of seven-year-old Athena Strand has been found. Wise County Sheriff Lane Atkin announced late last night that Strand was kidnapped by a FedEx driver. That driver, he says, was doing a delivery at Athena's home at the same time Athena left home after an argument with her stepmother. Sheriff Atkins says she was likely killed within an hour after she was kidnapped. Her body found southeast of Boyd, about 10 miles from where Athena was reported missing. To Alexis Tereschuk, so did the little girl, we think, go outside? Did she never go back to her room? We... She did go outside. I, I don't know if she went back to her room first or not, but she did go outside when the 
I guess, when the truck was there. You know, Robert Crispin, it's just too much to take in that your child just goes outside to play and you have to worry that the FedEx guy is coming up the driveway. I mean, I tell my children when the, when a delivery person comes, don't open the door. Do not open it. And we specifically, like in the book, have a window by the door so you can look out and see who it is. Don't open the door. But a seven-year-old child isn't thinking like we think, Crispin, and she's already out there. She's not in the home, and she's outside when this FedEx driver pulls up. Not in a town of 70,000 people. I guarantee you everybody sleeps with their doors open and their cars left unlocked. Innocence of a seven-year-old probably saw the truck coming up and was excited to run out and say hi and get the package for their parents. That's the sad part or the ironic of all this. So back to you, Alexis Tereschuk. Alexis, I wanted to ask you about the tip. Apparently, it was a neighbor in the community, in the neighborhood, that saw a FedEx driver. What do we know was in the tip, and why did the neighbor... Why did that stick out in the neighbor's mind? I believe that the neighbor had seen the FedEx truck and it was around the same time and that it was it was very close to the house. And so they thought, well, maybe something had happened there. Everybody knows, you know, FedEx has the tracking on the truck and mm-hmm. that that would be the reason that they would be able to trace it very quickly. And then they could get the cell phone of the driver and find out where it was. I don't know if the neighbor went into that much depth, but you're absolutely correct, Alexis Terezchuk. A neighbor happened to remember seeing a FedEx truck. For all we know, stepmom didn't even know a package had been delivered. We don't know if it was dropped at the at the mailbox or dropped on the front porch. She may never have even seen the FedEx delivery guy. But I want you to take a listen to what the FBI says happened. Joining us at Fox News. Listen. When you look at the digital evidence that's out there and you you combine all these different things, uh, it is very easy to track somebody if you have a combination of a a visual identification of what vehicle was, if they have a tracking device on that truck, and if uh, the individual who kidnapped the girl has a cell phone on her. I'm not sure if the seven-year-old had one on her, but uh, the phone companies in cooperation with law enforcement, especially in an emergency circumstance, they have the ability to track a phone. So, and it's it's pretty easy to figure out where it was. It's just a click of a button. It just has to have legal approval. Straight out to Robert Crispin, joining us from CrispinInvestigations.com. So what happened? How did they track him by his phone or by the FedEx truck tracker? And how does that work? So Nancy, these FedEx trucks all have GPSs. Somewhere along the line in this investigation, it started to move very quick and they were probably able to determine what driver dropped that package off and they probably went right straight to FedEx and they were able to find out where is that truck, get the history of it because GPS is you can go back in time and you can do a playback and you can do a certain time. You can, you can search between one and five o'clock. It'll tell you exactly where that truck is. And I guarantee you they probably went and did that and that put that truck in that driveway at that time and it all started to come together. Then they were able to go find the truck identify their driver, and start to move this case forward. Then we can start doing cell phone work, i.e. his cell phone, the electronic digital leash that we all carry every single day that reports to towers. There's hundreds of towers everywhere, and each tower has an address. Some are on private property, some are on businesses. Mm -hmm. 
and your phone as you're talking and driving is going to bounce off these towers. If you drive from Miami to Fort Lauderdale, you're bouncing off 10, 15, 20 different towers, and each one of those towers have an address. So I can track you or anyone can track you moving up an interstate, moving through a, a neighborhood. Digital evidence, the best evidence, it brought him right to Mr. FedEx, man. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Little Athena Strand, just seven years old, kidnapped and allegedly strangled by a FedEx driver outside of Dallas. Strand vanished from her dad's home there in Wise County. Her body found two days later. Horner, 31, telling cops he accidentally hit Strand with his truck and panicked. And in his panic, strangled her dead. I don't believe that for one minute. If he really hit her, he would have should have called 911. It sounds like Tom Mom Casey Anthony's bogus story that Kelly drowned in the backyard pool, and instead of calling 911, her dad just decided to put her in a trash bag and throw her in a swamp. Does not make any sense. Why? Because it's not true. Dr. Kendall Crowns, Chief Medical Examiner, Tarrant County, there in Texas, Lecture University of Texas, Texas A&M, and Faculty University of Texas Medical Branch. Dr. Crowns, thank you for being with us. No problem, Nancy. Happy to be here. Dr. Crowns, I, I, I know that you have done literally thousands of autopsies. Is it different when you have to perform an autopsy on a child? Well, children autopsies are always unfortunate. Uh, you know, it's emotionally a little bit more taxing, but you still follow the same procedures and you have to come to the answers so you can get the information necessary to help law enforcement uh, find out who did what or figure out what happened. Would you say, Dr. Crowns, that when you have a stranger-on-stranger child abduction, not when a family member or relative murders a child, but stranger-on-stranger, the motive is usually sex, a sex attack on the child? Yes, uh Typically, when, when it's an unknown individual picking the child up, it is there is a sexual motivation to it. Guys, I want you to hear more from our friends at KHOU. Police say Tanner Horner, a contract driver for FedEx, was delivering a package to the Strand's home in Wise County when she was abducted. Authorities believe Athena was killed only an hour after she was taken. The video shared with our sister station, WFAA, that you're seeing right now, shows investigators surrounding that truck in Paradise yesterday afternoon. Authorities say Horner has confessed to talk to taking and killing Athena, and they do not believe that he knew the family. He's currently being held in Wise County Jail on a $1.5 million bond. This little girl was likely sex assaulted and murdered within one hour. This beautiful little life ripped from her family and murdered. Statistics show stranger-on-stranger abduction of children 
result in a murder overwhelmingly within three hours. It brings to mind a mother, Erin Runyon, and her gorgeous little girl, Samantha Runyon, and the killer, Alejandro Avila. Take a listen to our cut, 24 Our Friends from Fox 11. Little Samantha Runyon was taken from her front yard in Stanton, kicking and screaming. Please ask your captor to let you go. We love you. She is my cielito linda. Please let her go. We won't sleep. Neither will you. Alejandro Avila an accused child molester who had beat an earlier charge a few years prior, dumped Samantha's body the next day after he took her, abused her, and killed her. Avila now sits on death row for what he did to Samantha. Another case where the child, and there are so many, is murdered within a very short time after the abduction. Straight out to our special guest, Scott A. Johnson, psychologist, What is the thinking? Why murder the child? And why so quickly after the abduction? Well, there's probably two main reasons. One, of course, is to avoid detection. And the other is likely simply I'm done using the child. They're done with the child. So there's no point in keeping them. So it's like the child is like an empty McDonald's coffee cup. You just throw it away. You used it. Now you get rid of it. You know, Nancy, this is Wendy. Another reason could be that a seven-year-old is verbal. A seven-year-old is old enough to provide a suspect description, to provide the vehicle. You know, this isn't a three-year-old. So perhaps that's also a motivation sometimes in, let's say, older children, older being seven or, or older than that. She would have been able to describe her assailant. To think every time the FedEx comes to your house, you got to worry about your children You know, how many times have I been walking or jogging, sometimes with one or both of my twins, and I see a a truck going slowly behind us or in front of us. I'm like, "Uh uh-uh, get off to the side. Let mommy see who this truck is because they're going so slowly, and I don't like that. That's abnormal. And then I see this FedEx truck or an Amazon truck. I'm like, oh, never mind. It's FedEx. Come on. Everything's okay. Not in this case. Take a listen to our cut 16. This is Ray Wallace, WFAA. The company also says contract drivers have to go through a criminal history background check through a third party. Horner does not appear to have a prior criminal history. Authorities say Horner confessed to taking and killing Athena and is currently in the Wise County Jail on a $1.5 million bond. As to the why behind what Horner allegedly did to Athena on Wednesday... That is something we don't know yet. It's been a really, really tough few days. It hurts our hearts to know that that child died. And more from Special Agent with the FBI from Fox. And interestingly enough, when I was looking at the FedEx page a minute ago Mm -hmm. about uh, what it takes to become a contractor there, um, there are some things that they have, some hoops they have to jump through. But one of the things that surprised me is that if you have a felony or any other record or you're on probation or, or have been on parole, uh, they're okay with that as long as it's been a year since those mm. things passed. Now, wow. that's very interesting to me because, uh, you know, in, in this country, if you've done something and you're a felon, uh, you probably have a record of doing things. And as we see with this alleged report from this other uh, individual, uh, this uh, person had a history 
potentially of and, and most likely of doing these violent things. So yeah, that's a woman who says a woman who claims that uh, he raped her when she was 16 years old. We don't know the disposition right. of that case. That's right. This guy that FedEx hired has claims in his background that he is a rapist. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Online. While Tanner Horner doesn't appear to have a prior criminal record in Tarrant or Wise Counties, sex assault claims have been made against the 31-year-old. 23-year-old Shay Marie from Texas claimed in multiple Facebook posts that Horner allegedly raped her when she was 16 years old. In one of her posts, Marie shared a screenshot of a text conversation between her and Horner's then-girlfriend. Marie wrote that Horner, quote, got her drunk with the intention of having sex. Shay writes she was nearly blackout drunk when Horner raped her. A friend of Marie said in a social media post that Marie did report the rape to law enforcement. Marie wrote Horner kept touching her, stroking her legs inside and wouldn't stop. Marie said Horner wouldn't give her his address so she could leave and wouldn't leave the room so she could change. Marie says Horner kept asking what he did wrong. Finally, Marie got a hold of a friend. She ran in the bathroom to hide until her friend and her friend's mother could come pick her up. In a November 2017 Facebook post, Marie writes, friendly reminder that Tanner Horner is a rapist. And in another from just last September, Marie wrote that Horner got her drunk to take advantage of her. Yet here he is driving up the driveway of that six acre plot and sitting right there, right there is seven year old Athena outside playing It's not the first time a FedEx delivery person has been accused of a sex felony. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Online. Last year, a FedEx delivery man in New York was accused of rape and sexual abuse involving several teenagers. He allegedly scouted his victims while driving his route in Dutchess County. Joshua Ginyard, 30, was charged with two counts of rape, two counts of criminal sexual act, and forcible touching. WABC reports Ginyard was accused of picking up the girls in his delivery truck, giving them marijuana, and assaulting them. In August, another FedEx driver in New York was charged with murder and arson after an elderly woman's body was discovered after a house fire. 24-year-old Anthony Dotson of Yorkville drove a route near the woman's home. In March, a FedEx driver in Connecticut was accused of breaking into a Bridgeport home, holding a woman and her children hostage. Warrants say Tyrek Herbert, 20, had approached the woman while she was taking a walk and introduced himself as a FedEx driver. The next morning, while the woman was making breakfast, Herbert knocked at her door, pointed a gun at the woman, and forced his way inside. Herbert ordered the woman to get on the floor. When the woman screamed in Spanish for her children to run to a neighbor's house, Herbert began shaking his head and hugging the victim, telling her, Ma'am, I'm sorry, I got the wrong person. Then he left. The Post reported that weeks later, Herbert forced his way into a college student's home and raped her. Nearly a year ago, a FedEx delivery driver in western North Carolina was charged with breaking into at least 11 homes before being captured on surveillance video. Investigators found several pieces of jewelry and two guns in the driver's FedEx vehicle. You know, when I see the FedEx driver pull up the driveway, I usually go get a cold water, bottled water to give to them and welcome them, looking forward to whatever package they're bringing. It's not safe, and it's not safe for your children. 
if, if, if you think you're invincible, you know your children are not. This stepmom could have no idea what was going to befall Athena that day. From cherished Periwinkle to Jessica Lunsford, children are killed within a few hours after they're kidnapped by strangers. Alexis Terezchuk, where does the case stand now? So he is in custody. He has been arrested. And the police have said that he confessed. They will not release the details of confession, but they said he absolutely confessed. And that is how they have charged him with her murder. Take a listen now to our friends at KXAS. The grand jury indicted Tanner Horner on two charges, capital murder and aggravated kidnapping. That makes this a potential death penalty case. Athena Strand's mother released this statement through the Tarrant County District Attorney's Office. It reads, I would like to thank the Wise County Grand Jury for their role in this process. Hearing the facts and circumstances of my seven-year-old daughter's kidnapping and murder was undoubtedly very difficult for them. I want them to know that their work is deeply appreciated. Prosecutors want the death penalty in this case if he is convicted. Reminder to everyone, this occurred in Paradise, Texas, where the death penalty is absolutely in force. We wait as justice unfolds. Goodbye, friend.